Okay, so start in Proverbs 22. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. A prudent man sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. Humility and the fear of the Lord bring wealth and honor and life. In the paths of the wicked lie thorns and snares, but he who guards his soul stays far from them. Train a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will, he will not depart from it. So picking up in this, okay, I'm listening to what God has to say today, looking at wisdom from Proverbs from the wisest man who's ever lived, who wrote, being inspired by God, starts out and says, a good name is more desirable than riches. Solomon was beyond wealthy, beyond most likely like I haven't looked historically, but like sitting in class and, and all that, and the way that Solomon is consistently referenced in history, at least in our circles of Christianity and hearing people speak and sitting in class and yada, yada, maybe one of the wealthiest men who have ever lived. And so when you're looking at guys in America who are multi-billionaires, Solomon is probably on par or or surpassing uh, those numbers. I don't, I don't know the specifics. You probably look it up. I'm not going to regardless. The man was filthy, rich, just disgustingly rich. And part of that be, came from how wise he was in being able to make the best decision or he didn't always make the right decision. Like at when, when Solomon died, the kingdom fractured. And so which is always a clear indication of something's wrong with your leadership, what you were doing, how you were choosing to live life, what you were following. If we look historically with the Kings, like Saul did not leave. Well, he finished his life. He dies and he loses like his family lineage does not continue to carry the crown or the throne or however you want to reference that Jonathan, his son was not the King. David became the King. David did well he dies and hands it to Solomon. Solomon takes over and begins to run with it. And, and, and the kingdom grows and flourishes financially and, and even geographically, geographically, the thing flourishes and it, and it becomes a powerhouse in terms of just world power. You could probably say that uh, at that time, in ancient times, Solomon led the country that was a world power and very, very wealthy. Great. He dies, kingdom fractures. Well, like it doesn't even last the next generation in terms of the kingdom lasts the next generation, but it doesn't last in the same status and functioning at the same level because it's broken into pieces. And when I mean pieces, I mean his sons split it up and they didn't get along. And it wasn't like they had one leader, they had multiple. And then it was just dysfunctional, completely dysfunctional until Babylon came in and took over and like, or like eradicated the people from the land, took them into slavery and went back to Babylon. So Babylonians come in and just, it's a, and it's a mess. And they don't come back for 70 years. Well, whatever, not whatever, but not what we're talking about. So anyway, Solomon though says like, Hey, I have a lot of money, a lot of money. Like I win all the time. And it's better, a good name is better. Plain and simple, a good name is better than winning all the time when it comes to finances. And he says it's, it, to be esteemed is better than silver or gold. 
which one of the things like when when guys when men of power or men of knownness or whatever when they fall it's typically one of three big things it's either sex money or power or it's all three and that idea of power or position or knownness that actually feed the other two is like that's something that a lot of us especially right now strive for like to be esteemed or have a good name we sometimes associate that maybe not always but in general maybe not even in general inside let's say the the pastoral world that i lived in and i'm waiting on a shipment so i like keep i'm nervous it's supposed to be here in the next like 60 seconds so i keep looking that you're if you're listening you're not even watching me look it, sorry so we associate I'm winning, I'm being successful with being known in terms of like, how big is my Twitter following? How am I doing on Instagram? Is my Snapchat growing? Has my TikTok gone viral and then fed my Instagram that fed my Twitter that fed my podcast feed? Am I, am I doing that? Am, do I have a good name and I, am I esteemed? And that's not what is being communicated here it's not whether like having a good name or being esteemed isn't whether or not anybody even knows you exist it really it goes back to what we read in chapter 21 all a man's ways seem right to him but the lord weighs the heart verse three to do what is right and just is more acceptable than sacrifice that leads to this idea of a good name. Someone who is right and just in what they do carries a good name. A, a man who is honest, it's one of the things that I tell my son as I raise him in something we've hammered for the last five or six years in our conversations that we keep going back to with consistency is like, what is the most important thing that you can be as we have that conversation, it isn't like, hey, when you grow up, what do you want to be? I want to be a football player, or I want to be an entrepreneur, I want to be an architect, or I want to be an engineer. Knock on the door. Got to pause. Okay, sorry. I had to pause for a second. So, so again, Solomon is, is, is saying this idea that not only knowing, but actively Oh, I was what I was, I know what I, I train of thought I was on. So I, when I talked to Dax and I said, Hey, when we run this like question series that we, it's almost like a catechism, but, but not a catechism in, and it's a series of five, six questions in a discussion that we repeat with consistency. And I always start with Dax. If you like, if you're nothing else, what do you have to be? I have to be honest. And so not, it's not just that, but it, it's then the practice of, well, like, what does that mean? Like when you do something wrong and you feel like, man, it's weighing on me, I need to tell somebody one that's, that's clearly a movement of the Holy spirit in a, Hey, like this is now James five sixteen. confess your pulse one to another and pray for each other so that you'll find healing. Like I need to confess that I need to confess that to the appropriate uh, people. And so if I'm 12 and I cheated on a math test, I, I need to confess that to my parents because they're the major authority in my life and my math teacher. Why? Because that's the, that's the offended party inside that. And then I need to have 
my group of people around me who are very close knit group of people that it's a safe place to share those things with can then go, okay, well, thank you for sharing that where I don't think any less of you. Uh, I love you just as much. I respect you even more because you are dealing with your sin. And we're also like, how can we help you not find yourself in that situation again? And so not that he's cheated on a math twist at, at test at 12, but he has come before and said, Hey, like, uh, I was watching YouTube and, uh, I, you know, I clicked on fill in the blank or I did this or when we've had those conversations multiple times when he's felt weighed down and then we reinforce, Hey, you're actually practicing what you and I talk about, about honesty. And then when I have to do it, then I'll share a, like the appropriate, uh, times and storylines uh of those things he will know about and so not only does he hear me say it and then say here's the bar of expectation and what i'm wanting you to do but it's you're also seeing me do that as well so it's one of those where it's like they watch you do it you teach them how to do it you do it together and then you watch them do it and encourage them kind of idea of do it do it together watch them do it reinforcing the process of teaching. So what am I getting at? This idea that knowing, like knowing what's right, knowing what's just, going back to chapter 21, and then Solomon saying a good name, the guy that does those things, a guy who is honest, a guy who is humble, a guy who is kind, a guy who is genuine, um, someone who is unselfish, who is serving others, who is good with, maybe not good with who, yeah, who is good about practicing the art of confession and dealing with their sin in an appropriate manner, and then taking the steps necessary to stay out of whatever it is that, that you've had to bring to the table to confess, um, not only to Jesus, but to those who know you best. That is, that is more desirable than having a disgusting amount of money or a sick ton of money or however you want to say that. And then he goes on and says, rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. Solomon looks at the landscape of the world and says, like, I'm stupid rich and I am just like the guy who is begging on the streets in terms of our commonality, he, he understands he's not just like that guy. He's the king. And then here's a man who can't do anything for himself. Like he, there's, there's nothing Solomon has need for. And this guy needs everything done for him. And there is a distinct difference between the two. And, but, but Solomon says the commonality is that God knit us both in our mother's wombs. G, like Jesus made which Solomon doesn't say Jesus because that name hasn't shown up yet in the storyline, but he says Yahweh made us both. And I went, it was 2013. Uh, I'm from Amarillo, Texas. And uh, my grandpa passed away in like October of 2013. And it was, it was really, it was an interesting time because he like, he's late seventies. Um, my grandpa was a County foreman. And so in a truck driver, his name was Tex and just like, and, and like owned it. It, it kind of looked like John Wayne. Um, 
not only in stature, but like facial features and uh, the way he sounded. He just was, he was one of the coolest guys I've ever known. Um, and his name was Tex. Like when you are a family, I think I'm like fourth or fifth generation Texan, which for us is a big deal. Like for, for Texas, like if you're not, you probably know that we're all arrogant and it's a big deal for us. And then the rest of the world doesn't care. That's fine. We don't care. But not only are you like, okay, I'm from Texas. My grandpa's name is Dex. Uh, it, it wasn't named that by his parents. Like that was the nickname he got. So that's an even deeper. It, it's one thing to, to get named by your parents. Another one to be bestowed on you, the nickname of, uh, and then it carry throughout your life to where it's on. Like when you open, like when we got the pamphlet for the obituary, I got to do the funeral, but it's like, I open it. And it's like, here it is. Dex. Um, in quotes. So, uh, anyway, so he like, not a wealthy man, um, had like worked hard, blue collar, had five kids and just was, he loved his family, loved his kids, loved his wife, uh, the entirety of his life and just was a hard worker and a fun dude, creative, could build anything. Uh, he was a carpenter, um, not by trade, but carpenter by, he loved doing it. And I watched for, for years, uh, for decades, him and my dad work on things and fix things and repair things and redo houses and all, and all kinds of stuff and fish and work on boats. And we did vacations with them all the time. Just a good name, a good, kind, genuine, hardworking man. And uh, he had cancer. And at the same time, there was another man in Amarillo, probably one of the wealthiest men in Amarillo, who had the same the, the exact same uh, diagnosis cancer-wise, and they were dying at the same time and actually died very close uh, in nature. But he, my grandpa voiced this concept um, it, it, yeah, towards the end and when he, it was still coherent. And uh, I remember, I think my, it was either my mom or my dad uh, were with him during this and, and they were relaying the story to me that uh, just in conversation, he was like, it's it's very interesting. It's, it's very enlightening that I am who I am and I have the exact same, like I'm dying from, and they both knew. It's like, well, I don't know if the other guy knew or not because I didn't know him, um, but it was very clear. We have the same thing. And regardless of our social status or our um, what our bank accounts say or what our businesses have said throughout the entirety of our life or what we've had or not had, in terms of money and wealth and riches and quote success, as we would think inside of capitalism, it's like, it doesn't matter. Like we're like, like you can't avoid it either way. And in this idea that it doesn't matter, like rich or poor, the commonality is that God made us all. And then the, in that storyline, the even further, commonality we may not through but an additional commonality is that we're going to die and the hope that he had the uh, the other guy i again i don't i didn't know him um didn't know all the stories wrapped around that but it's just interesting which i won't go into but uh it, it's interesting of like it, it was a even though he was going through cancer and he was dying there was a peace in knowing I, I do have a good name. I'm not going to heaven because I have a good name. I'm going to heaven because uh, I trusted Jesus 
who died for me uh, to forgive me my sins. And I've placed my faith in that. So I have confidence in that, but I also, in that time, I'm at peace because I, I worked hard. I love my family and it was, a, I, I, it's a good life. And there, like, there's a peace in that. There's a comfort in that. There's a resting in that. There's a, you know, that was, that was a race right there. And so even though that was hard to watch, it was also very comforting to know, like it was easy and very hard to do that funeral. It was like, I, I didn't hurt for finding words. I hurt for trying to get them out. And because that's what that does. A good name, when it's all said and done, it's, it's easy to write that message to talk about that person. It's really hard to get those words out. Okay, so picking back up, I keep having to move. I keep having to pause to go do things. So moving on. A prudent man sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. So, so inter, 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 <laughs> interesting thing about uh, Proverbs is his, his movement at times. And so it's like, sometimes it's kind of in line with what he's saying and going in. Sometimes it's like a little disjointed. And it's like, we're jumping kind of like a squirrel. And it's like gold statement, gold statement, go like little nuggets he's throwing and they don't always match. I, and I, I don't know that this one doesn't uh, as it goes through, but it's interesting. It's like a good name is more desirable. And then he's going to end or he doesn't end here, but where we're going to end today is just train a child in the way that they should go. And when he is old, he won't turn from it or he won't depart from it or however your translation may read in that wrapping idea of, man, I'm raising a young man to be a good man. And if I'm doing that appropriately in the end, that's what's going to come about in general. It doesn't mean that if, if it, that gets off track that you didn't do a good job or you didn't do your job or you broke it, you still have the decision-making of individuals. Uh, but at the same, same time, in general, he's saying like this, is, like, this is what takes place. When you do this, here's what gets ingrained, and that's what happens. And so a prudent man sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going, and they suffer for it. A wise man, when he sees something, is like, man, I'm going to do something about that. And I'm going to pause again. Okay. <laughs> so back again. Prudent man sees danger, takes refuge. A simple man keeps going and suffers for it. It's just wisdom. Like, I'm going to do something about it. Or if, if not, then it's just, it is what it is. Like, we're not going to go deep into this one. Uh, verse four, humility and fear of the Lord bring wealth and honor and life. Going back to that good name, riches, how do we typically equate, I think, in our culture or the way that sometimes I just, I naturally go, well, this is a good name. Being esteemed is success in being known. Sometimes it's the exact opposite. And humility and the fear of the Lord bring wealth and honor and life. Like humility, I, I'm one of the, one of my favorite quotes about or descriptions of humility is it's not thinking less of yourself it's just thinking about yourself less and it doesn't mean like if you if you know you're good at something that there's that's knowing you're good at something and communicating that in an appropriate environment isn't not being humble 
Um, we're in the, not we, but uh, in a, the NFL is, it's, it's April right now while I'm recording this. And so the NFL draft is happening next week. And so you're going, we're watching, reading the news, watching ESPN, listening to First Take, listening to uh, NFL Now or football or whatever it is we're listening to. And, and they're talking a ton about top draft prospects and then just a series of all these different people who line up where they line up on a draft board. Are they going to be drafted? Who's going to be kind of the, not the dark horse, but who's the kid that comes out of nowhere uh, and is drafted or who's the kid that doesn't get drafted and he's a D3 guy. I was reading an article this morning about a D3 uh, cornerback who is super smart, very, like obviously very athletic, but uh, an incredible talent, uh, had a great season playing D3, won a national championship at track and uh, has a long shot, but a shot at the NFL and could be a guy that like shows up and you're like, wow, where was this? How, where's he been? Oh, he's been over there. Nobody saw him. Um, and listening to that or not listening, but reading some of the interviews and the, the responses doesn't make that kid not humble when he's saying like, I'm, I'm super smart and I'm very fast and I'm really good at this. That's not, that's not a lack of humility. That's just communicating. I'm very gifted here. And, and I'm proving that. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. That's not, not being humble. Like him sitting there and be like, ah, you know, I'm okay. That's, that isn't humility. That's something else uh, that's self-deprecating for the sake of wanting to sound humble, I guess. But again, that idea like humility is simply not thinking less of yourself. Like you, you know what you're good at. You know where you're gifted. You know the things that you can do and do well. I just don't focus on me all the time. I'm focusing on like how can I help serve other people or how do I use that gifting and ability to help others um, or to impact uh, those around me or the world around me or the community around me or um, in terms of man, as a believer, how am I using that gifting to, sh to tell other people about Jesus and their need for him, what he's done for them uh, to help bring hope and life and healing to help those who are in need or who are hurting or who are whatever it may be, how am I participating the way that God has uniquely designed me to operate in the world? And how am I doing that that makes what God is after better? And Solomon is writing, saying humility in that aspect, humility in thinking less of yourself, not, not less of yourself, but thinking about yourself less, and fearing the Lord being, I'm more afraid of Jesus than I am of anyone else, because I understand back to that commonality, rich and poor, the Lord is the maker of them all. Rich or poor, the Lord is the one who decides like, when is my last day. The, regardless of my status, there are things I can't control that he does. And he controls it for all of us. And so when I look at the scriptures and go, man, I'm out of line here. I need to do this, but it's going to cost me this. I'm more afraid of that than this other piece. Uh, prime example, when I was in Austin and had recently taken a position, I accepted a position. Ryan and I were down there with some friends looking for houses. And while we had planned a vacation to be there already for like over the weekend, like a few nights. And so we're there hanging out and, um, 
throughout the day at the pool, I was drinking Coke and whiskey. I, I don't know how many I had. I didn't have a ton. It wasn't like at a countless amount. Um, there were maybe two or three throughout the course of the day. And not like starting at eight in the morning, but like we're at the pool hanging out, eating and just kind of whatever. And so uh, we get to the end of the night and I mean, it's like 10, 30, 11 at night. And so we order a pizza. We're having pizza. I have like a full blown panic attack and not knowing this, but there, if I were to have pizza and Coke and Jack right now, it would do the same thing and create this panic attack. I, I don't know why it does that, but that's what it does. So I think I'm having a heart attack at like 10, 30, 11 at night. So we call the ambulance. They show up. Um, and fat, so they come check me out. You're having a panic attack. Everything's fine. They leave. Um, fast forward like two months and I'm at work and I'm thinking I, I was down the street from the church I'm working at. These paramedics came. And so they're local guys. And so like, I don't know if they go to church here or if they show up at church here and they realize, Oh, that's the guy that we came thought he was having a heart attack and he was having a panic attack and he had been drinking coke and whiskey throughout the day which probably caused that and like i wasn't uh, i wasn't inebriated but they, I mean, it was one of those it didn't look good like situation doesn't look good and so uh, i'm like i need to tell my boss about this and to go like i i've got to go say this why because um like what was i like incredibly out of line no but as a situation like this is not going to look right. Um, it didn't look right. And, and then with the ramifications of that, dear goodness, people need to know about this. I don't like, I don't know what the answer is, but I, I got to sit down with the authorities in my life so that they know what's going on because of my position, where I'm at, their position and all that kind of structure. And then the next thought is like, hold on a second. What if I get fired over this? Like we just moved here. Like we just, we just sold our house in, uh, the DFW area. We just moved down here. Ryan just at that time, this was like way back in, it was 2013, uh, had pared down her business. And it's like, we've made all these major life changes, resettled, and I might get fired on the front end of it. And at the same time, this was the thought process. Like, am I afraid of man or am I afraid of God? Because it was like, it was one of those, like I'm praying about, like it's coming up when I'm sitting down reading, reading my Bible, journaling, spending time in prayer and like, okay, I, like this is something I have to deal with because that's the thing that keeps coming to the forefront. Um, and that idea of like, man, God's going to, God's going to, he's going to let you know uh, when you've done something out of line. We talked about that in the Proverbs 21, like all scriptures, God breathed and profitable for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness or teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God is equipped for every good work. I felt the need to finish that. I don't know why. So that was a time when I'm like, I am in the middle of, that's a rebuke. And then I've got to sit down and walk through that process of, okay, I'm confessing to the authorities in my life that are appropriate. And then I'm responding to now, okay, what's the next step in the correction and training in righteousness so that I don't find myself there again, um, which fast forward, I don't know, maybe a year and a half we're doing another weekend with the same friends. And my boss is like, Hey, last time you remember this convo, it was a great conversation, a great wraparound, a great, like, this is how it should work. And, um, but going back to this, like humility. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about myself less and I'm focusing on, okay, what is clear. And you, you, that's a hard decision to make. If I'm thinking about me, 
and I'm not fearing the Lord, it's that's not bringing honor and life. That's gonna that is gonna bring the opposite. Like whatever I try to hold and squeeze onto more that I try to control typically is what is uncontrollable, uh, and what is if probably gonna be lost. And so, all right, I'm open handed with this. Here's the mistake I made. Here's the thing that I know that I have to do because I've got to think about myself less. Not only have to think less of myself, I just have to think about myself less, and then I have to act consistent with okay if if god is the ultimate authority i have to do what he says which is in scripture it's not one that i got to sit down and be like okay god what are you saying you already said it and it, i mean it was in the scriptures already so he's already made that clear on hey when you may make a mistake here's what you have to do okay and there's a reason for that why because it brings wealth, honor, and life. Now, I didn't make more money because I did that. Um, but be, the way that situation worked out, I had I not done that, had I not gone in and said, hey, this is what happened. Here's like, here's a mistake I made. How do you want me to handle that? What do you want me to do? Please, will you please forgive me for? Um, had I not done that, and then somebody shows up like, hey, like, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but I was, am a paramedic, showed up, your student pastor, you've been drinking all day and like, well, that's a the paycheck I was getting, I might not have got for the duration of the time that I was there. Like I buy, there's higher chance that I get fired than had I handled it. Uh, had I not handled it the way I did all of a sudden. So that like, that's a very practical that brought it. I can, I, I was paid well there. So like that brought wealth. And then as far as like, okay, on, like, did that bring honor? Yeah, because anytime you do something that's respectable, that it's an honoring thing, not only to your relationship with the Lord and to those who are in authority in your life for that season of time, those are honoring things, but that's also a, like, that's a manly thing to do when you have to do something that's difficult. You have to do something that's going to cost you, that you have to put yourself in a vulnerable position because of your own decisions uh, and you own that those are honorable things. So it brings wealth. It does bring honor and it brings like, and just life, like you walk out of those meetings going like I'm lighter today than I was an hour and a half ago. I'm lighter today than I was yesterday because I'm not carrying that weight with me. And now I'm, I feel the lightness and the freedom to go do what God has called me to do. And so humility and fear of the Lord, when we actually do that with consistency brings wealth, honor, and life. Solomon knows that in the past of the wicked lie thorns and snares, but he who guards his soul stays far from them. That that is a like that's just a. If you're following Jesus, doesn't mean life's going to be good. It doesn't mean everything's going to work out the way that you think it should work out. It's not. You might not get the job. You might not get the promotion. You might get a boss that cost you a job that you get fired from, uh, or you have to leave, or you just can't make it anymore, or you start having panic attacks, or you get constant migraines, or now there's this chronic pain, or I get cancer, or somebody dies. Um, or multiple people dies, or I dies. It, but back to the top, a good name is more desirable than great riches. And not only that, the rich and poor have this common that have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. It's just easy. It's better. Like. That idea of if I am obedient to what God's word says, 
if I take that wisdom and actually use it, things are going to go well for you in general. It doesn't mean everything's going to be right. It doesn't mean everything's going to be easy. It doesn't like there are stories right now of people who love Jesus, who I've watched love, follow, serve Jesus, invest in the church that they're a part of and like multiple people who are in death or just really, really hard situations. And at the same time, there's that, there's a peace and there's a comfort and there's a, and it may not be all the time. And it may be one that's like, okay, that piece is coming and it's not here right now, but it will be here eventually. And at the same time, the path of the wicked lie thorns and snares. It just doesn't go well. But he who guards his soul stays far from them. And that idea of guarding is like a consistent, I got to do this with consistency. It's not just a one and done. I have to practice that guarding of it so and then and then verse six train a child in the way that he should go and when he is old he will not turn from it like what am i training him to do i'm training him to know that being honorable that being honest that being kind that being genuine that being someone who finds wisdom in the scriptures who says like what is right and wrong well it's listed here it's told to us here what do i do when i do things wrong well it tells me to do that here like i'm teaching him that i'm teaching him that at the end of the day like being a good man is better than being a rich man. That there's something to fear more than losing a house or losing money or losing a job or losing uh, an Instagram account or losing a position or losing uh, power or losing fame or losing a relationship or whatever it may be. Doing what is right that's consistent with what God's word says. Putting myself in responding to things when I put myself in a hard position, responding to them correctly, the way God has said, like, that's where we are trying to train him to go. Train a child up in understanding that a good name is better than money. And in the end, when he's old, he won't depart from that. And so not only am I living that, uh, and, and that's in general, like, not only this is what I'm after, but it's what I'm trying to teach my kid while I am after it. So doing both at the same time, understanding like I'm desiring a good name. I am thinking about myself less. I'm fearing the Lord. I'm responding in that. I am being wise and I'm seeing where there's dangers. And I am, man, I, <laughs> there are like, what, like whatever it is that you recognize, like here's, here's where I am weak in life and things that can cause me issues. Uh, and I'm just not going to go there. Like what, like, what would that be for, for somebody who like, there are seasons of life that I don't have social medias on my phone because, uh, things are harder at that time. And it's like, okay, I tend to find myself in places I don't want to be. So if I'm being prudent, uh, if I'm guarding my soul, I am, I don't have those. They're not there. The thorns and snares aren't in front of me, uh, and I'm not doing that. For example, I don't know what it may be, but um, just those I awkward pause. What are you getting at right now? What I'm getting at is that Solomon is saying, I have more money than anyone I know, and I desire a good name more than that. And then he's saying at, at the end where we're stopping, 
training a child to know, understand, to see, to practice, to do that, to believe it, to be what is rooted at his core. Teach him that. And when he's old, that's what he's going to be after. Proverbs 22, one through six. Later.